Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Netflix for finance? Well, there is. It's called Real Vision, and it gives you unprecedented access to some of the most respected names in finance. Watch interviews with legends like Kyle Bass, Jeff Gunlock, Stanley Drunkenmiller, and many, many more. If you want to be part of the Real Vision revolution, visit realvision.com slash WSO. Hi, I'm Alex Grodnick. You're listening to the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Today, the podcast you're about to listen to really has some great advice in it. Chris Powers, a big-time real estate guy and now startup investor from Texas, lays out why he has been so successful and his actionable advice for you. Quickly, before Chris lays out the steps to make millions, I want to tell you about Wall Street Oasis's resume review service. If you want to get a job on Wall Street or anywhere, your resume better be perfect. Let the pros here at Wall Street Oasis make sure that it is. Check it out. Okay, Chris Powers, cool name. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, you're in Texas. Uh, you're a real estate startup investor, uh, all sorts of cool stuff down there. But uh, let's get into uh, how you got going in all this. Yeah, so uh, you're right. I'm from Texas. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, uh, which is in the DFW Metroplex. Uh, started my company uh, well, I guess before that I was born in El Paso, Texas, which is a uh, very far West armpit of Texas, um, went to TCU, um, uh, for college and, um, got there and realized, uh, I needed to make money in order to go on cool spring break trips and do the things that, um, a lot of my friends were, were doing. And so, uh, had a, met a guy. Um, who taught me how to buy real estate. This was pre-real estate crash of 2007, 2008, um, and started buying rental, rental properties around TCU and leasing them to students, um, finding kind of creative financing methods to get that done. And that eventually led to starting a website called rentbytcu.com that was kind of the first website where landlords and property owners could list their properties online for students to find a rent. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about, but in 05, that was this really big pioneering kind of thing that people were just starting to do. That eventually led to getting my real estate license and managing properties um, and kind of growing from there. And fast forward 13 years, um, we now have a team of 20 people uh, here in Fort Worth, we have a, about a little over 200 million in assets under management. Um, and we focus on real estate development and investing across uh, multifamily, industrial, and what we call kind of urban core properties, which are, you know, properties that benefit uh, in, their, in their value and um, uh, from being close to 
you know, the urban core of major metropolitan cities, Fort Worth being one. Got it. And I love that startup story. That's something we talk about a lot on this podcast is no one has any clue what they're doing. I mean, in life, especially in the beginning, uh, but you just, you just kind of start doing something and like, look at you. I mean, you created basically, you know, something similar to Airbnb years before they did. Uh, so, you know, how do you, how'd you think about, uh, you know, getting into that, like the risk and, and, and all that? Uh, I think that's one of the best advantages, one to being really young, but one to not knowing what you're doing is you don't know what risk is. Um, you don't know what the downside is because to be honest with you, all you're really thinking about is the upside. Um, and we, we joke about it all the time, but the more we learn about the industry and where the risks are, uh, you know, we sometimes wonder, would we, we have done those deals years ago if we knew what we know now? And I think that's the advantage to anybody that's young, anybody that doesn't have experience, um, anybody that is just kind of dreaming about what to do is, uh, the component of being naive is I think vastly undervalued, um, when people are getting started. And then kind of what you said, being a doer, um, you're just going to, you're going to run in, you're going to read things, you're going to meet people, you're going to always um, hear things being talked about. Um, and the, the people that have the biggest advantage are uh, the people executing, understanding, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you got to get started somewhere. And, um, you know, I think, again, those, those, uh, those two things of of doing and being naive or, or critical, especially um, when you're young and dumb. <laughs> yeah, and I like how you put it, being a doer. So is that something you think you've learned? Is that something you, you're born with? How do you get, how do you get that? Um, well, it's a good question. I mean, I think, I think some component you're born with it. I think a lot of it has to do um, with how you're raised. Um, you know, if you're raised in a position where in order to get the things that you want, you have to do things. Um, you start breeding that at a young age, and that's why, you know, you look at a lot of founders or success stories, or you know, they show people that are on the the billionaire uh, for Forbes, and a lot of stories start from a similar place, which is either somebody that had nothing, or um, at least it's somebody that didn't have everything. And so, I think some of it's who you're born with, some of it's how you grow up. And then some of it, if you're doing what you love, um, doing is very easy to do if it's something that you love. If you really don't like what you're doing or you're doing it for money or um, you're doing it for reasons other than you like what you're doing or you love what you're doing, um, it's really easy to procrastinate and put it off because you're probably going to be doing something that you love. You know, whether that be playing on your cell phone or reading articles or whatever, you're not doing anything to build a business because it's probably not what you love to be doing anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's also something we talk about a lot is like, you know, you, you rarely see it coming. Like you got into real estate because, you know, you wanted to go on spring breaks. You wanted to make some, some money, but it, it's not like you had some grand plan of like, oh, I want to, you know, create a multi hundred million dollar real estate investment fund. Uh, it doesn't start like that. It, it starts much simpler uh, and more basic. And you just kind of put one, for, one foot in front of the other and just, just go and just do. Yep. And doing kind of opens doors to other things that can be done. I mean, exactly what you just said. You look at Amazon, Apple, the biggest companies that everybody can relate to. And, you know, Steve Jobs didn't start building uh, the, you know, revolutionary computer because he wanted to be a billionaire. He became a billionaire because he 
built something that other people wanted and was super passionate about it. And so um, it's easy to keep, again, it, it, it goes back to passion and just loving what you're doing. You can just keep going forever. We've been riding this train for 13 years now and um, hopefully we'll be doing it for another 50. Huh. I love it. So you, yeah, like you said, you didn't know real estate was going to be your passion. You just kind of started doing it. What is it? Uh, what is it now that, uh, that, that feeds it and you're so interested in, in it? Um, you know, I'm sitting here with our director of marketing. We've been talking about this for, you know, the last couple hours, just, you know, where is the company headed? And, and I think, you know, you do enough real estate deals, you, you, you know, own enough property or you build enough stuff and, um, it can be easy to kind of, I wouldn't say it becomes boring, but you start realizing that there's other reasons that you're in the business. And now that we have 20 people, um, I'm up here every day to help grow everybody here to be better. It's, it's a hell of a lot more fun um, to be working with the team and growing them. Um, and we kind of talk about this all the time, but every real estate project development, whatever it is that we're doing is just a byproduct of the team and what we're working on in here. And so my interests right now are in recruiting the best possible people that I can. Uh, my interests are creating um, a reputation for Fort that will allow us to raise and attract the capital that we need to do these projects. Real estate's not a, a cheap industry to get into, especially as you're growing and the projects get larger. Um, and, you know, my, my third kind of motive that we don't talk about a ton, but, you know, we kind of know is I think this business is a launching pad into probably other things that we want to do. And so, you might have seen that we own um, Fort Ventures, which is invested in 17 companies, a lot of them being uh, seed companies or kind of startup Series A uh, round companies. And we absolutely love everything about that. We love the entrepreneurs that are building things. We love the process they're going through, the scalability, kind of what we talked about earlier, the naivety, like being naive and kind of being, you know, innocently um, not just super smart about what you're doing and just kind of having a free spirit and, and being able to um, kind of, you know, again, just going into it with, we don't know where this is going to end up. We know where we're starting. We know what we want to do, but a lot of these, a lot of these companies don't end up where they think they're going to end up. Um, and that's, that's exciting. Um, and you meet amazing people. And so um I want to grow that business. I want to be very influential in investing and, uh, in other companies. And I want to, and more, most importantly, we'll do that if we can attract really great people to work with and, and create an environment where really great people want to work with us. Yeah. And I, I think that's a common thing. You know, you have su success in one piece of your life through, you know, some different industry. And then, you know, you kind of get exposed to the startup world and, and that bug bites you and, and, and you get hooked. And, you know, uh, this angel investing is, uh, is a pretty cool business. Uh, and just like you said, you get to be around dynamic and awesome people that, that uh, have ideas that they think they're going to change the world and uh, they're not going to let anything stop them from doing that. So it, it's pretty fun to attach yourself to rocket ships like that. You're, you're, you're an average of the five people that you surround yourself with the most and having that kind of group of people be an average of folks that we surround ourselves with. Again, it's, 
it can make a boring day at the office seem very exciting when you know that, you know, people that you're working closely with are out trying to conquer the world or, you know, come up with the next great food product that's healthy and will make people live better lives or whatever that may be. Um, so that's super interesting, but being in our core business of real estate and development and where we see that going, um, we're really at a point now where we can, can kind of control our own destiny, our reputations growing, our ability to raise capital is growing the type of people that we're hiring and investing in are some of the, the best people in the industry here in DFW. And so, um, you know, making sure that that stays the main focus is on the people. We think everything else will kind of take care of itself. Yeah. I like that outlook. And I really like the, you are the five people you hang around with because that's something actionable that, you know, anyone can do, whether you're a college student or you're on your first job, whatever, just go uh, surround yourself with people that are doers. You know, if you're in college and you're hanging around with people that are, you know, watching Netflix and hanging out and uh, that's fine. Like there's, definitely a place for some balance in life, but there's also a time for attaching yourselves to uh, highly motivated and ambitious people uh, and being around them and, you know, letting some of that rub off on yourself. For sure. I mean, if, if, if you write your goals down at the beginning of every year and the people that you're surrounding yourself with every day are not the people that are going to help you achieve those goals, chances are you're not going to achieve them. Um, and it's, it's uh, sometimes a tough thing to do, but um, if you're really passionate about something, you want to get somewhere, you got to start surrounding yourself with people um, that uh, not not in a way of you're using them as a means to get somewhere, but you are becoming interested in those people and what they're doing and shadowing them and providing value to them and, and doing whatever it is you can to kind of get in the influence of where you want to head. Um, and you can tell what's genuine and what's not. And, you know, to young people listening to this. You know, one thing I always talk about is you should have a mentor, whether it's business or life. You should have somebody that's 20, 30 years your senior that has been through what you're what you're wanting to about to embark on. And, you know, some people look at having a mentor is, you know, they can't do it on their own. So they need a mentor. It couldn't be any further from the truth. A mentor will help you not make a lot of mistakes along the way and can help you fast track where you want to get by giving you the tricks of getting from A to B. Um, and as an entrepreneur knows, and, and anybody that's trying to push themselves to do something, um, you know, outside of their comfort zone, the road from A to B is not a straight one. It's up and down and down and up and up. And it, it's, it's not a straight one. And so overall, you're, you're trending in the right direction, but it's not straight. It's going to be difficult. And um, that's part of the fun of it. Yeah. And it's something that I, I think it's the coolest part of the startup world that I've been privy to is that the ecosystem is really built upon those that have had success helping those that are, you know, just starting up. And it's really different from a lot of other industries where, you know, people are closed off and don't want to help each other. You know, in the startup world, for it to be a strong e ecosystem, successful entrepreneurs have to be reinvesting and advising, you know, startups. And, uh, and startups, you know, carve out a piece of their ownership structure for these like advisor shares. And so having mentors and advisors, just like what you're talking about is, you know, kind of what keeps, keeps the ecosystem going. It's kind of like the best way to learn is to teach. Um, you got to be in the game. You got to continuously, I kind of, you know, you got to 
be in a, a mindset where you wake up um, kind of mentally poor every day, meaning you're, you feel like you got to go into the world and learn a bunch. Um, if, as soon as you start waking up feeling like you know it all, you're, you're, that's typically the beginning of the end. Um, I think the most you know, interesting people in the world and the people that we try and attract here are the people that are the most curious and um, creative. Um, and there's nothing more powerful than a, a person that uh, is a doer that's curious because um, typically they'll act on those, um, you know, those little mental things that they're thinking about, curiosities, and um, that's really what pushes things forward. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Be curious and be a doer. That's pretty actionable um, things you can put in place immediately. So, Chris, let's, uh, let's get into you a little bit more. What do you think has, has uh, set you apart in your career? I mean, obviously, you're a hard worker. You're a doer. Is there anything else that you can look back on and, you know, a specific moment, a specific skill, a specific connection, you know, what do you think has been uh, help you get to where you are? Um, I think, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, and I've said this word a lot, but it's really people. I think I understood the value of uh, meaningful relationships and uh, valuable relationships and understanding that it's more on the formula of how can you provide value, not how can you take value. Um, I think like the first day of business school, um, my marketing teacher told me, you know, it's very simple. People like working with people that they like. I mean, it's, it's, it's seems like it's this really difficult thing, but if I look back over 13 years on how I've met people and the, the types of relationships we've formed, it's, it's been genuinely from introductions from people that um, I have a good relationship or people that uh, we're similar to. Um, share the same kind of values. And so uh, I just put an emphasis on the people around me really early on and um, really made it a priority to build relationships that were meaningful and not, uh, you know, I, I need to know you so that I can get something from you and then I'm on to the next thing. And over, you know, a lifetime, I've, I would, I'm proud to say I've built a lot of great relationships um, across a lot of parts of the industry, a lot of parts of my life, um, and have a great network. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, probably the most important piece in business is, you know, the, your, your network and, and, and who, you know, so how, how have you done that? I mean, you've talked about providing value to others and having, you know, authentic, genuine relationships. Can you like, you know, walk us through some tips of you meet someone, you know, what's next? How do you, how do you make them a trusted advisor to you? Um, I think one thing uh, that my dad told me really early on is that it's kind of weird that people like to talk about themselves and a lot of people never show interest in other people. And so um, not that people like to talk about themselves because they're narcissistic or they're uh, want to boast or brag, but most people never get the, the chance to tell anybody how their day was or what they're working on or what uh, excites them or why they do what they do. And one thing my dad always kind of told me was ask people questions, uh, not just about how to get something accomplished that you want, but ask them about themselves, ask them about what they're working on, why, um, ask them about where they're from, and you start to build this narrative and can start connecting dots on 
you know, people that do certain things typically end up a certain way. And so one thing that my wife jokes about, but when we go to the, when we go to dinner, I know the waitress and or waiter's full life story by the time we get our check. Um, and, and that's semi joke, but semi not, I'm really curious in people and, and where they're coming from. So I think tip one is, um, and maybe not everybody's like this, but if you are, is be interested, be genuinely interested in other people and emphasis on genuine. Um, that is a great way to one, get to know somebody, understand them, and then kind of build a, a mental um, list of when I hear things that I know somebody I just met would enjoy, maybe, you know, I reach out to them and tell them about it, or I send them an email or a text and say, hey, I just heard this, thought you would be interested. So you're able to form more kind of deep relationships when you understand a person. Um, and a lot of people just take zero time to understand anybody. Uh, number two is uh, you got to, you got to, you got to put yourself where the people are that you want to be like, or where um, if you want your business to succeed, you got to put yourself in positions that you'll be surrounded by folks that um, are going to be integral in getting you there. And so, Anything from joining the real estate club at TCU to, um, you know, working um, uh, and going to industry events to, uh, you know, just having uh, breakfast with people in the city that I really admired, um, I think was always just a priority of mine. And then, um, you know, I always ate lunch. I always ate lunch with somebody pretty much every day for the last 12 years. I, I, I'm always uh, using like a, a time like lunch or breakfast to just sit with somebody for an hour um, and get to know them. And, um, you know, it's just kind of this constant investment in people. And so really boils back down to doing, you just gotta be willing to put yourself in a position to meet people. And, um, you know, as hard as it, it could be for some people, you gotta be genuine about it. Yeah, that genuine piece is, that's the underlying factor of all this. It's, you know, yeah, I, it's not, it's not easy and it's easily, and it can easily be, you can see right through it if it's not. Yep. And you know, in, uh, in one of the classes that I took in business school, one of these, one of these leadership classes, they were talking about some of the characteristics that, you know, the best leaders, you know, in, in history have, have, have shared the Steve Jobs and the Nelson Mandela's. And when they're speaking with you, you know, no matter how important they are, no matter how much they have going on, when they're speaking with you, they're not looking at their phone. They're not thinking about other things. Like they are giving you your full and undivided attention. And, you know, most of us probably don't even do that when we're speaking with anyone. So it's, it's these, these small, these small things that, you know, really go a long way. Yep. Yeah. And it's amazing um, what you can learn in a 15 minute conversation with somebody by asking them just some key questions that usually can lead to other, Oh, you're from Dallas. Do you know so-and-so? Oh yeah. You know, uh, you know, Tommy, I know Tommy, I went to school with him. Do you know his wife? I mean, you can like dovetail it into these quick things where it's not like you have to sit with somebody for five hours to learn them in, in five quick minutes, you can get a clear understanding of who you are and then of who they are. And then, you know, if you're genuinely caring about them or have any care for them as life progresses, you can kind of connect the dots with them and other people. And, um, it just, kind of continues to open doors. 
Yeah, I want, I want to hear about how it presents opportunities. I mean, you've, you've put in all this work establishing these great relationships and you have one-to-one human interactions with people, which is, you know, meaningful in, in itself. Uh, but then, you know, something happens down the line and they have a business to, they have a piece of real estate that they see or a business that they want uh, you to take a look at and, you know, and then you're, you're, the, you're the call, you're there. So um, you, you know you have, you have a good relationship when you trust the other person and the other person trusts you. And if you're not genuine, you won't get there. And so as you progress in your career, you kind of spend that first part of your career really, and, and, and it's a different kind of hustle. It's more of like, again, this naive blind hustle of like, I will do anything I can to be successful. And then you start getting to the later part of your career and not even the later part, but you get into your career and you start finding that a lot of the opportunities are um, from the, the best type of opportunity is a referral. And, and the only people you're getting referrals from are people that trust you. And so, you know, I look back to when I didn't have a network and didn't, hadn't proved myself yet and hadn't earned people's trust yet and how hard I would fight for a deal. And I would always think, man, I can't believe that, you know, that older guy got that deal. I just, you know, how did I put so much work into it? And then you start realizing the power of trust and the power of the referral. And now some of the biggest projects that we work on that I dreamed about working on when I was younger are as much as a phone call from one person to the other going, you need to work with Chris Powers and Fort Capital. Um, and, And that level of trust when two people that know each other really well, one person's telling the other, hey man, if, if you want to do this deal, you need to call Chris. That is as solid as, as just about anything in the world. And so those relationships don't happen overnight. You can't start a business and by day two, you've got a hundred people to count on. But if you put that as a priority in what you're doing, what you'll find throughout life is that those connections become easier to make. And it's from years of investment in a relationship that you cared about. And again, if you don't care about it and you're not genuine, that person isn't going to trust you and you're never going to get it anyway. So um, it's a byproduct of, of all that. So um, to, to, to t- just to take the step back of when you're young and you don't have that network, it's not necessarily that people don't trust you. They just you have no track record or anything to show that you're going to be successful. And so, you know, one of the things that we always look for in here especially with young people is just, you can tell when somebody's loving what they're doing or they're super passionate about it. Um, And that in itself kind of is contagious. And so people want to, um, they might not know it, but people, all people are empathetic to some degree. At some layer of anybody, there's empathy and um, there's that desire to want to help. And when you see a young kid that's doing everything he can to make it happen, naturally people will want to help you out. They will want to help you succeed. And so early on in our career, um, I spent so much time trying to learn real estate, become the best I could at it, prove to anybody that would take my, um, you know, take, give me 10 minutes of their time that I'm good at it. And what you start finding is there's these older people that are, have more wisdom um, that what they're really doing is they're looking at the mirror. They're looking at themselves 20 years ago and going, I was once that person, I'm going to help them. Because for every young kid that's out there hustling, there's, there's, there's an older guy 30 years ago that was doing the same thing. 
And if you're out there meeting people and trying to meet those people, you're, you're basically just looking at yourself in the mirror 30 years from now or vice versa. And um, I can't really put my finger on it, but it's how the world works. People want to help people that want to get somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think people underestimate how much people want to help. You just have to, as you said, be authentic and be passionate and, you know, put that on your sleeves and, and be willing to fail and, and learn and put yourself out there. And that's not always easy. That's usually hard, but that's what separates successful people from unsuccessful people. Correct. And there's so much out in social media and today that are motivating people. Um, and, and some of the, the things that are said, it's like some people are waiting to be given this message. That's like this euphoric message that nobody's ever heard. And what people don't really kind of get is it's the simple message of um, just go do it or just go give it a shot. You just, you got to get the ball rolling down the mountain or it's never going to get, it's never going to pick up steam. And that one thing of starting is what um, kills a lot of people. And so um, failing is okay. Uh, you can live with failure because it gives you a chance to try again and succeed, but regret is awful. And if you live in regret and you, and you're one of those people that sit here and say, you're going to do something and never do it. Um, we live one time. We're all going to get old someday. And the best thing you have when you're young is, is time. You have all the time in the world to get started. Um, and as the years go by and as you start a family and you have kids, it becomes harder to jump outside of your shell. That doesn't mean go start a business, whatever in life you want to do becomes tougher. The older you get, because of the way life works. Um, and, and as soon as, you know, regret sets in, that's the thing I, I run from all the time. I don't ever want to regret, you know, I don't regret anything. I mean, there's things I've done stupid. I wish I hadn't done, but overall, I don't ever go to bed going, you know, I've been thinking about doing this forever and I just won't do it. Um, and I don't, I don't know how to describe it. That's where I think it's part of your DNA. It's part of who you are. And it's part about really finding something you love, you really love and, you know, just want to spend your time on. Yeah. Uh, I regret not talking to more girls uh, when I was younger, but, but now in my uh, professional life, if I want something, I uh, find a way to ask for it. Yep. And nobody, you know, this is, this is the one line that a lot of people don't want to, you know, really internalize, but it is so true is, um, and I say this in, in just kind of a blunt way, and I think you'll get what I'm saying, but the world doesn't care about you. They, they don't care. Um, they, they care so much about you, but they also don't care about you. Just because you say you want to be somebody, if you're not going to do it, the, the way the natural world works is it'll gravitate to somebody that will, and nothing's going to be given to anybody. Um, if you're starting something or you're creating something or you're pushing somewhere, yeah, you can, you know, give somebody money or you can give them a house and that's all good and well, but that truly is proven. That's not making anybody happy either. Money is not the root. Uh, does, money doesn't make people happy. What makes people happy is being self-fulfilled. So that means going out to your front yard every day and planting one flower in the ground. And that, that to you honestly is self-fulfillment. You'll be happier from that than anything else. Um, and so when I say the world doesn't really care about you is you can whine and complain and say the world's hard and it's not going to be easy. Um, and there's the world doesn't stop and go, OK, you're right. We should be easier. You should do this. Um, the world keeps going and somebody else fills your spot. And that's, you know, that's how things work. And so 
Um, to the same point, if you are a person that is out chasing your dream, the world does care about you. Um, and so um, it's just, who do you want to be? Somebody that's going to talk about where you're going to go or kind of just keep walking and, and, and you know, creating your own path. So um, there's no easy road to success. And being successful is not uh, having a lot of money. Being successful is being fulfilled. Yep. Chris, I want to leave it with that. This was just so inspiring. You had a lot of great words. I uh, can't thank you enough for doing this. Awesome. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, talk to you soon. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed making it. We have lots more podcasts coming, so please stay with us. And please tell your friends about us. Thanks.